Welcome to the Restoration Church Life Podcast. We hope this resource helps keep you informed about the various happenings inside the life of our church and equips you to make disciples that delight in the supremacy of Jesus Christ. Good day to you, Restoration Church. (laughs) So glad that you have taken the time to listen to this podcast. Listen, the reason why we're doing this podcast is because if you're anything like me, you can get so stuck in the day-to-day of the ministry of the church or even of life that you tend to forget the grace of God in times past. So uh, what we want to do over the course of this podcast is to remind you of God's past grace so that we as a church will trust God for future grace. In other words, what we're going to do is we are going to have a conversation, guys, about and gal. and gal about what God did in 2016. So again, it's so tempting in a in a culture that basically asks, "What have you done for me lately?" It's so tempting to forget the many good things that God has done through the ministry of this church. So let me give one big caveat before we start this this conversation, guys, and that is this: Are we patting ourselves on the back as though we did something amazing in 2016? Is that the intention of this? Yes, yes. and no. Okay, what do you mean, Joey? Meaning, yes, we should celebrate what God has done, but it's not merely for the purpose of just saying, look how great we are, but to celebrate the gospel advancement and joy of the gospel through our congregation. Yeah, we are not satisfied with where we are. This is just, we want to identify evidences of grace so as to encourage the body to work together to trust him for future grace in 2017. So let's just talk about some things that happened in 2016 so as to give praise to God and to encourage us to continue the work. One thing that is always my one of my favorite things that we do every year is baptisms. Now, unfortunately, we didn't have any new believers to get baptized last year, but we did have six people to get baptized. Katie, Dylan, Christy, Curtis, and Alyssa, and Esther all were baptized last year. Yes. That's exciting. Right? It is, yes. Obedience you... to Christ yes. Um, by following his commands in baptism. And, so, and I just love the way that we've started doing our baptisms. Yes. Uh, up on the stage, in the horse trough, in the <laughs> middle of songs, and everybody cheers, and just the testimonies of our brothers and sisters as they testify to the gospel before they go in the waters of baptism is always encouraging. Yeah. You know, the baptism is something that happens only one time in the life of a Christian. Now, you may have get go into the waters more than one time for various reasons, but a true baptism only happens one time in a person's lifetime. And we get to we got to see that happen six times this year to people obeying Jesus, entering that front door of church membership. So I love watching baptisms. But, you know, the other thing that was sort of awesome and yet at the same time um, hard is... Um, the members taken in versus the members resign. Now, this is always kind of an interesting thing in the life of our church because it's happening a lot, people coming in, people going. But this past year was really interesting. You ready for the numbers, Restoration Church? Here they are. Last year, we took in 32 members, and we resigned 25. (laughs) So there was a net gain of seven people. That's pretty amazing. For a church that our size, right, 132 members, uh, taking in 32 members, new members, resigning 25. Talk about that. I know that especially in the summer that was hard for a lot of us, the ones that were in terms of the res- resignations. Hmm. So yeah, we're talking about God's grace, so it's good to be reminded of God's grace if people even said it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the beautiful things. I've been able to, to see our folks that go think 
uh, rightly and deeply about finding another church to be a part of and to serve and not just consume. And so that's been encouragement that uh, as people go, they've enjoyed the ministry of Restoration Church, but by God's grace, uh, we are not the only church, even in the city. And so we get to celebrate when people go to other churches and join alongside of them to continue delighting in Christ and striving to serve other church bodies. As hard as it is for us, uh, that is a joy. So we don't just lose them, but we send them uh, out of our church. Yeah. And I think while we've seen it's been hard to see people leave, especially some people who've been around for a long time, it's also been really cool to see new people come in and step up and serve our church and fill needs and see God's grace and provision in that way. Amen. So, Amen. So, yeah, that's exactly right. It is. The, the, the ministry of the church keeps going. So you think about the fact that we've lost some people in prominent positions of sorts, right? You had Daolo that was an elder, and now, you know, uh, Nick, uh, I think, did he become an elder in 2015 or 2016? I don't remember. Anyway, it was around there. So Nick really coming in behind him. Chris was already an elder then. Um, and you have other people like Catherine Feliciano became employed by the church because we had a spot open up when Brandy Golden, now Brandy Harris, got married and left us. And so <laughs> we now sent her. Sent her. That's right. That's right. That's right. Sent her. So we are thankful. Yeah, that's a good word, Catherine, that, that uh, we're thankful for the people. Not only that uh, the Lord was kind enough to give us, but the people that came in behind them to fill in those gaps. That's something, in a church that has so much turnover, we should be encouraged by how the ministry of the church continues to thrive as people take up and make steps of obedience and service of the church. But we also do something a lot last year, something we do every single week, most weeks, community groups. Uh-huh. Right? So Alejandro, you, you participated in your first, by the way, you're one of the ones that joined the church, you and your wife and your daughter um so community groups we had how many of those last year joey ten and a half ten and a half because we, we had 11 for half the year and then when the nollies moved on that group was absorbed into some other groups yeah so we have 10 uh we had 10 at the end of the year so yeah. so alejandro have, has that ministry been fruitful in the life of your family so far yes so far yeah <laughs> and we expect the um, that it's gonna be um, both encouraging and challenging this coming year. Yeah. Uh, by God's grace, um, the, um, the ministry of the community group in the Ambridge's home mm-hmm. has been very happy and so many good meals we have together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And the fellowship and the reading of the word and also the, the many conversations we have there are very encouraging and fruitful. And you guys think about how that's happening every single week. Yeah, so there's roughly, I mean, there's over 100 people in community groups, in members' homes every week, week in and week out on the whole. So Praying for each other, eating with each other. Catherine, do you guys eat food together with occasion at the we police did home? last night. You right. did last that's night. Right. There you go. That doesn't count for 2016. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did it in 2016. Uh, so you're eating together, you're praying together, you're studying the Bible together. You think about the, com- the cumulative effect. I've talked about this a lot to my community group. I have been in the community group virtually every single week for over 10 years, me and my wife. Just think about the cumulative effect. And just think about, like, there's a lot of people, those of you that are listening to this listening to this podcast right now, you're one of those people. For the last two or three or four years, most weeks, you're in community group. What kind of effect has that had on you and on your friends and on your marriages and on your 
those people around you. What a great thing to celebrate that the Lord did through those community groups last and, year. And just thinking about the number of leaders that there are that are leading those groups week mm-hmm. in and week mm-hmm. out and hosts, yeah. uh, service that goes under the radar, as it were, but just the regular rhythm of our church, those brothers and sisters serving and praying and, and preparing to lead those groups is a great service to the body as well. So, yeah, amen. Uh, but one of the things we do the most, you know, our important weekly gathering is that, that service on Sunday mornings where we preach through quite a number of things last year. But I think probably the one that took up the most time was our anthology series. Do you guys remember that? We were studying God, trying to apply God. And we had that little picture of the little tiny person on the card and the big waterfall, that right? So one sermon for me that stood out amongst that group, amongst that, and it didn't have to be just the anthology. You can choose. We, we went through Philemon for one sermon. We did uh, Isaiah. Uh, we did our Advent sermons. But one sermon that I remember in 2016 that was particularly impactful for me was the sermon on how God is love. And we really thought deeply about this idea that God from eternity, I mentioned this last week in the sermon, uh, that God from eternity has been loving one another, and so he is delighting in himself. Uh, I particularly remember that sermon and was very moved by those ideas, uh, helped me understand that God is love. Any sermons for you guys that were particularly helpful, insightful, convicting, encouraging, anything like that from last year? I mean, I was encouraged by the anthology series and yep. just learning about the character of God in yeah. general is always so helpful yeah. and encouraging. But I really enjoyed the Isaiah series and looking at that judgment, hope, glory all the yeah. way through and connecting it with the New Testament and studying a book that I don't always on first glance understand yeah. and having um, just being encouraged by seeing Jesus in Isaiah yeah. over and over and over. Um, he I was in there was, a lot. Yeah, it was my favorite part yeah. of yeah. One of my favorite sermons, yes. Yeah. Uh, for me, in my case, uh, one of the most memorable sermons I heard on Isaiah was the Isaiah 53, the mm. servant. Sure. Suffering yes. servant, the suffering servant. And it was awesome to see Jesus in there in the Old Testament yeah. doing um, mm. what, what, what he was promised to do and to mm. be was encouraging to know him in the Old Testament context and also yeah. um, unfolding the truth yeah. of the um, yeah sacrifice and everything yeah. he did for us. Yeah, so it was, it was fun to be able to look in the Old Testament and see the clarity and the specificity of the gospel, just like yeah. Catherine, you were mentioning. Yeah. yeah, so in terms of the preaching, I agree with with Isaiah was helpful, especially some of those times when God is reminding how he thinks of his people. So Isaiah 43, mm. uh, you are precious in my eyes and honored because I love you. Isaiah 62, God rejoices over you as a bridegroom rejoices over a bride. Mm. So that was really helpful. Uh, another, the, the series through compelling community. Mm-hmm. One, I spent a lot of thinking about community, but mm-hmm. uh, I thought our brother Jamie Dunlop from Capitol Hill Baptist yes. just is walking through of, uh, Ephesians 2 and 3 and the breadth yeah. and the depth of community yeah. and the diversity and the beauty of community was helpful. Yeah. Uh, and so that was helpful. Then I've, I've grown to really love Advent mm-hmm. uh, and just the, the entire services that lead up to so the sermons and even the candle lightings and the readings mm-hmm. i was again moved it's really helped me the past couple of years prepare for yeah. the beauty of christmas did you really enjoy it when all those candles were going down really fast <laughs> and you had to blow them out uh, we're gonna figure it out one these days uh, <laughs> what, years in a row. we got we got a slow burning candles and evidently we got a dud in one of them uh, and it was a quick burning i candle. think it did it twice though <laughs> didn't i don't know anyway yeah. 
Yeah. We'll figure that <laughs> out Maybe next year. Maybe we can start doing it every week, and then we'll get it down. Yeah, we'll just find eventually all the right candles. <laughs> yeah, the Lord was kind to deliver His Word to us and feed us very generously from His Word last year. And we think about all the songs we sang together. I mean, all the times we prayed together as a church, both in corporate services and all those handful of you that are gathering weekly with Mike and those guys to pray before service. I mean, all think about all those prayers that we did, we joined together, the things that we praise God about, the things that we can, the sin that we confess together. Uh, think about the Lord's Supper meals that we shared together. Think about the week of corporate fasting. Yes, that was, was a good was one. Happening during during that time. I think Laura Walls told me that we're wrong on this, but I think this was the first time we did a corporate fast. Laura Walls says she remembers another one, but we have invited people before. Yeah. To do it, but we didn't. It wasn't a as systematic as this one, I guess. Yeah, so yeah. you're both right. Yes, yeah. yeah. What a great the Lord is kind. Just, I mean, we could stop this podcast right there and just be amazed at all that God did in sending and receiving members and baptisms and corporate gatherings and community groups. But there is so much more that we can talk about. I mean, we think about Catherine. How many children do we train every single week, or at least how many children do we train last year? In uh, restoration kids. Yeah, I gave you an average number of yes. 28, though it, it can fluctuate and go higher yeah. than that on a given time. So that's every week, 28 yeah. children on average are in yep. restoration kids. That's yeah. right. Uh, Preaching the gospel. And how often are they hearing the gospel? Every week. Every single Except week. Except for if you're in zero to two. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get to three. Do they pray over them or something? <laughs> yeah, I'm we hopeful. pray over them. We yes. absolutely pray over them. <laughs> yeah. So the kids, I mean, just how many times did our kids hear the gospel last year? Uh, amazing, amazing, amazing. And then there was all these other uh, uh, training events. Joey, you had a lot. This is most of your work, brother, the fruit of your labors, the Titus 2. Uh, we had some pretty significant trainings last year. Uh, we, you've, got, you've got us basically on a two-year rotation, right? That is correct. Yeah, so this fall will be the, we'll, we'll reset, as it were, uh, for Titus 2. But, yeah, last we, year was still year two. So we did, uh, we did the heart of the matter. What was that about? Biblical counseling. So how God's word is sufficient for us to disciple one another in the, in normal matters of, of life. And so if somebody missed that training, they will get it again in what, a year and a half? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we've got the material now if you want to borrow it. That's right. Uh, we did biblical manhood and womanhood stuff. And I know Catherine, you did a lot of work. We tried to really put together a definition of womanhood. And I know you had a big hand in that. Yeah, that was a, it was a good teach you to just give us the space to think about what it means to be a woman biblically yeah. and sort through some common concerns and some difficult things that, that people mm. think about when it comes to biblical womanhood. And I think it ended up being a very good, um, series where we could look at the whole picture of biblical manhood and womanhood, um, mm. and just wrestle with some of those things and look at practical applications. And so hopefully people were yeah. encouraged by it. And those Titus 2 sessions are happening. Uh, you just have to pay attention. I don't know when you're listening to this podcast, but at least as the moment of recording this podcast, they will begin back. February. So February, we're going through making sense of the Bible. Yeah. So that will be hermeneutics, essentially. And then in March, we're going to do a little church history slash theology, not by looking at orthodoxy, but by knowing your heretics. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> 2017. Yes. So we need to be talking about 2016, but I wanted to give that little... <laughs> little commercial, but uh, we did the gospel at work in t Titus 2 last year. Yeah. We did making disciples last year. So a lot of training there. So helpful. Just think about the amount of people that were trained uh, in these ideas. So, so helpful. But there were these other training events that we did. We do community group leader trainings. That sort of happens regularly. Uh, but we also did the women's night of praise. 
we were not there because we're not women, Joey. Madeline loved that one, and it was really, really encouraging. Yeah. I, I did not hear one woman say that. Like, everyone said such an encouragement, and I won't get into 2017, but yes, we're going to do, do it yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't. But February 24th. <laughs> yeah, but February Just 24th. Saying. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a good night. Uh, we had a great, I really enjoyed, one of my favorite things I remember from last year was our Engage conference. We do that normally once a year, and that just seems to have a kind of energy to it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. To, it's not normal in the regular weeks. You know, we're there together on a Saturday morning. We're just thinking hard about the nations. And we, uh, those of you that are there, you got a card. It was basically a little indicator of all the stuff that Restoration Church, sort of like this podcast, has been up to in terms of engaging the nations. And uh, that was just a wonderful time to think about the impact that uh, Restoration Church has had we gave thanks to God for that, and uh, we challenged each other to to engage all the more. We had Good Friday services. We had the men's and women's retreat. This year, the men's retreat was really helpful because our brother Drew Ham, uh, Alejandro, do you remember? Yeah, from our old. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was a very encouraging time, not only for the fellowship uh, between the men of the church, but also for the learning we had there. To, yeah. To you know, to yeah. encourage us and to steer steer us to be to be a man yeah. according to the Bible and yeah. leaving the the family and keeping the garden. Yes, protect the garden. Yeah. It's our job to make sure no slithering snakes get into inside of our responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with the women's retreat, you guys gals we, did. Yes. We uh the Holt, the Holtz were nice enough to host us and we did um Habakkuk and we talked about different tools for learning um, even better how to read our Bibles and mm-hmm. study them. So. so that's just some of a few of the events that we did. But uh, we also have various ministries that we support and people are active in that are more corporate level, things like DC 127. So I know our community group in particular has been, we have Whitney King is in our community group, and so we've been able to, to serve uh, the little girl that she is able to take care of and even serve uh, her family even uh, a bit more. Uh, which is really, it's good for us because it got us out. Like we took one week in our community group and we did not meet at our place and do regular community group. We actually went over there to help them and actually some crazy stuff happened and it was really good to be right there to help. And our folks did awesome. They didn't complain or anything. They just jumped in with the love of Christ to help. So DC 127 has been good. And Catherine, I know you've had part in that yeah. as well, hadn't you? Yes, I'm a family coach, and what I've been really encouraged about by restoration is I will periodically post uh, on the social group some needs that we need, and always right away people mm-hmm. are responding with, hey, can I help with this, or yeah. I would love to help with that, and right now we have a need. If anyone wants to buy a booster seat, please let me know. Good. <laughs> so, Good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's been encouraging. Yeah, yeah, what a great ministry. What a great ministry, DC. Caring for the foster children of Washington, D.C., that's something that Restoration Church has a vested interest in. And that's one of the things, by the way, it's easy to forget. We partner with other churches on that. So if ever you think we're just alone doing our ministry on alone, that's not true. We're doing, we're actually with DC 127. We're partnering with the, the district church, with NCC, with Church of the Res, just to name a few. Grace, DC. I mean, there's, yeah, there's a host of, how many churches are roughly involved? I I don't know. More than a handful. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to work together with other guys to, uh, guys and gals to do that. Uh, we also have uh, the ministry with the Central Union Mission. Joey, you organize a lot of that. How'd that go this year? Yes, yeah, great. I mean, they're they're a gospel-centered shelter that, that focuses primarily for for men. But for ever since the first year we've moved here, uh, we've done 
at least one outreach. And so that's our food drive every year. And so we were able to give them dozens and dozens of bags of groceries so they could then go and provide meals for homeless men and families in the city. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you know what? The thing, one of the, my favorite things about doing that is it makes me get out of my apartment and go knock on my neighbor's doors yeah. and introduce myself to them. And what we did this year, what was neat, is before we went, yeah, we sent good. a letter to all the previous donors saying, hey, we're coming around again. And I know several people, when they knocked on the door, yeah. they said, we got your letter. We were expecting to you. We're, we're ready to, to donate. Yeah, so, that was good. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think, yeah, so many, so many, that's a win, 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 right? On all levels. Win that the poor get food to eat. Win that we get to meet our neighbors. Win that our neighbors get to hear a little bit about our church. At least they're exposed to the ministry of our church. And, and because there. we're partnering with the Central Union Mission, they yeah. do such a good job at also having these long-term, more these programs yes. that help beyond just giving food. Yeah. The food is extremely important, but they also right. can connect them with other resources and training. So it's really helpful to partner. With that them. is good. Well, uh, a couple more things before we look briefly at 2017. We can't forget the amount of efforts that we had towards uh, investing in kingdom work all over the world. So we invested with, through the cooperative program of the Southern Baptist Convention through the International Mission Board. Uh, we uh, put money aside you for you, Alejandro, so you don't have to raise money next year. We'll get Praise to that the in a second. Man. Praise Praise yeah, you're thankful for that. <laughs> Uh, we joined the Treasuring Christ Together Network. I'm not going to go into that now. If you have other questions about that, let me know. But we gave some support to that ministry. And we gave $2,000 to IBM, your former church. What are they going to do with that? Yeah, they're going to um, build the building or starting to finish the building. Uh, the roof, they're working on looking for um, materials for building the roof to move into a new facility because of the... Because of the crisis, what is currently happening there, the, the budget, the budget of the church is being affected by 25% in rent. Yeah. In renting the. the so this would alleviate their rent costs, yeah. rental costs. Yeah. So the, the the total given to church planting and local evangelism, how much was? <laughs> you might no. know. Is it sixty-one thousand four hundred fifty-six dollars? You wow. cheated. You looked at my head. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. If you think about it, over over sixty thousand dollars from our little church directly to uh, church, church planting and local yeah. yeah, that's that's a pretty amazing for a church of one hundred thirty-two members. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys are generous with your support, and that reveals your desire to see the nations know and enjoy Christ. One other, two other things I'll mention briefly as it relates to nations. Our mission trips, we had two mission trips to visit our friends over there. And our trip in particular was great because we were able to support and help the, a ministry caring for the displaced peoples over there, which was awesome to be able to do that. We were able to give them some financial support. And you guys spent a lot of time with the workers over there. Yeah, um, encouraging the workers, just like we're going to see in the book of Philippians. Mm -hmm. uh, the local church providing support and gifts even to the workers on the field. We were able to go and do that significantly. Haiti Love, we're still supporting that ministry. Nine Marks, even Drivian was able, we were able to support her just a little bit as she went to share the gospel uh, in Australia. We funded a couple translations of books, and we had not one, not two, not three, not four, but five weddings. Brandy and Tim, Natalia and Josiah, Josh and Lauren, Mel and Quentin, and Ronnie and Kalinda. So we, we are excited about it. And the new year has proven to be, we're going to be busy again this year with marriages. Yes. 
that's all that we did in 2016, and that's just the skipping a rock across the top. There's so many other things that we, we can talk, talk about, about. We didn't talk about Friendship Terrace. Friendship Terrace or happening American once. Friends or yes, the evangelism with you that. Oh my goodness. Yeah, the Lord has been kind. So Restoration Church, you are doing the work of ministry. At least last year, I think the Lord was pleased to do a whole lot through us, and so that allows us to trust Him for future grace in 2017. So we're going to go around briefly, and we're going to say one thing that we're excited that we're going to trust God for in 2017. We've seen he was faithful to us at the cross uh, and the resurrection. We've seen that he's faithful to us just in this past year as a church. And so what are we going to trust God for? What are you excited about in 2017 that the ministry of the church is going to do? Alejandro, yours is the easiest one, so I'll let you go first. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that introduction. <laughs> um, yes, we're excited for what is going uh, to be a, a new church, a new Spanish-speaking church in this coming year. Um, we're excited for what the Lord is doing and for what He's going to do in among the Spanish speakers. We're seeing the hand of the Lord working on my life, in the life of my family in 2016, and we're pretty sure that He's going to be faithful in this year too. Mm -hmm. uh, pray for that and for the provision for people, for the leadership, and for everything well, we need to have to start a new church for the glory of, of the Lord and for the edification of the Spanish-speaking Columbia Heights. Yeah, so Amen. really excited about that. Probably the biggest thing on the horizon in terms of kind of stuff that we're really looking at in 2017. Is hopefully we will have a child as a church this year. Amen. We will see. That's what yeah. we're praying for. We're looking forward to how, how to name it. Yes. Uh, yes. We'll talk a little bit more about that. <laughs> Catherine, what are you trusting God yes. for in 2017? I know. I'm having a hard time choosing just one thing I'm excited yeah. about, but yeah. I will choose the women's retreat. Okay. And um was praying this morning that I would trust him with yeah. that as, yeah. as we start to prepare. It's April 7th to 8th, so yeah. get excited. <laughs> um, but just praying that the Lord will bring a a awesome group of women together to plan it and to teach and that he'll use it as a time to build friendships, build discipleship relationships and equip our ladies with the teaching. So I'm really excited for it and trust in the Lord. For yeah, it. we have an interesting stat. Joey, you gave it to me. You'll probably, Restoration Church, you'll hear me use it again. Yes. So two years ago, what is so it? So the, the average members, member of Restoration Church is about two and a half years, but I thought it'd be interesting also to look at a different stat. And so I went and I looked. It, how many of our members have been a member a year or less? It's 23%. Then I said, what about two years? So members who have been a member of Restoration Church two years or less, 44% wow. of Almost our church that. has only has joined in the past two years, which is significant. Yeah. So, so these women's retreats, both the men's and the women's retreat, but the women's retreat that Catherine is referencing, one of the best things about retreats is that element, those newer people mm -hmm. connecting and developing relationships with other folks so that we can be united for the sake of the gospel. Yeah. Joey, what are you trusting the Lord for in 2017? You go first. Because ah. <laughs> I right. have two, and I all think right. you might take one of them. So. so, all right. So the one that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm probably, if I had to choose one, I'd be the Spanish plant, but that's already been talked about. So the second thing, with the thing that I'm trusting the Lord for and excited about in 2017 is the arrival, Lord willing, of campus outreach in the fall. So, uh, Lord willing, we will have dedicated workers um, evangelists working on the campuses, campus of American University, uh, and they are going to funnel those people into the ministry of Restoration Church for discipleship inside the local church. And so we've we've been praying for this. Set, we've set money aside for this years ago. We've been play, planning and praying 
Uh, it's, there's still a few things up in the air, but all things look like they should come together for the fall. So really excited about some college ministry where we can kind of work a little bit more closely with uh, students that are there on campus. All right. So you kind of took it. Yeah. But I'm going to give two to close up. Wow. Right. Uh, yeah, I get to cheat. I went last. But, but conversions. Yeah. So thinking about the, the Spanish-speaking plant and campus outreach and then just the everyday member, member ministry is yeah. I've been laboring for the Lord to, to see conversions through our gospel ministry. I praise God for the edification and the sanctification of the saints. Amen. But at the same time, I want to see conversions. I want to see people that didn't know Christ to come to know him, you know, like Josh Fry and Cullen and Amy Bergen and all these other people that have come to faith. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, last year that we, you know, was, was a tough year in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm trusting for that. But then another thing that I'm excited about is community groups, obviously overseeing those and in seeing how the Lord is going to use this little shift, at least for Philippians and, mm-hmm. and taking, talking about the text before it's preached, mm-hmm. how that might add a freshness both to the discussions in community group and the hearing of the sermons. Mm-hmm. So I think it will show the importance of sitting under the word before you hear the preaching of the word. So I'm mm-hmm. excited about those two things. Amen. And lastly, very briefly, there might be a Bedini Kurdish New Testament in 2017. Yeah. So that's something else that we've obviously trying to been support. This is, Saints have been working on this literally for 25 years. Yeah, and so we get, we get to come in at the very end and like, celebrate. Well, like we run on the field on like the 10-yard line. All right, we're going to push it into the end zone. But yeah. yeah, we've been able to partner with some significant workers there. And Lord willing, uh, by the end of the year, there will be a published New Testament in the, that dialect of Kurdish. And just to end on the note that Joey brought up, he referenced earlier, uh, just a moment ago, actually, that... Uh, the thing that at the end of the day, we talked about these kind of events that we're excited about, but at the end of the day, the thing that I actually wake up every day and do is the everyday member um, ministry of the church. And that, at the end of the day, is the bread and the butter, is just the, the fuel that makes Restoration Church be a bright light for the glory of Christ. You guys going to work, you guys meeting up on your own, you guys contacting each other, praying for each other, calling each other when things are good and bad, that happening, that happens every single day. And, uh, what an exciting, uh, thing it is to be, uh, leaders or participants of the Ministry of Restoration Church here in Washington, D.C. We love you guys very much. I hope you've been encouraged by this time of considering God's past grace. And so now may we trust Him for future grace in 2017. Amen. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Restoration Church Life Podcast. May God continue to give us the grace to make disciples that delight in the supremacy of Jesus Christ in Washington, D.C. and beyond.